Hey guys, and welcome to yet another episode of the Spurs 82 Plus Podcast, where we endeavor to make an episode for every Spurs game, including the postseason, hence the plus. I'm your host, CJ, and with me, as always, are my brothers, TJ, hey guys, and JD. How's it going? So, today's game we are going to look at is the Spurs versus the Toronto Raptors. We will also look ahead at the Spurs versus the Heat coming up on Thursday. And we will also be talking about just, you know, quick stuff, Spurs stuff. It shouldn't be too long of an episode. Um, not too much has happened in the season so far, but we'll, we'll talk about some stuff here or there. Um, so, to start, what do you guys think of the game? That was a much more competitive game than the past couple games. Definitely. I mean, we knew that was going to be a test because it's the Raptors who are the sleeper team of the East. People sleep on them all the time, even though they're much better than people realize. So I think it was really good. Uh, the best way to describe it, in my opinion, is what the Spurs announcers described it as, which was a play- playoff-esque game. No doubt. At least for as playoff-esque as you can get in... <laughs> The early season. Exactly. Um, it was very interesting. The score was 101-97, although when you actually watch the game, you know that that score isn't really indicative of how the ending went. No. Because um, before, like within the last minute, the Spurs were up by 8, and they kind of slept on defensive a little, but by the time they made it to 97, it was pretty clear that they were done, that there was no way they could come back. Um, some interesting things to talk about from the stat sheet here. DeJounte Murray, let's get the elephant out of the room. Um, 6 of 12 field goals, 16 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 turnovers. They must not have counted too because last I heard DeJounte had 15 rebounds. This is just the box score off the post game thread of, uh, RMBA, so it's possible that there are 15 rebounds, and the box score they used just didn't count those. But all that to, is to say that, no doubt, DeJounte had a very good game. A career game, you could say. What that tells me is that he really took to heart what he said during game one. When he said God's got a rebound too, he must have really took that to heart, because Dawn, man, has he rebounded these past few games. No doubt. What's funny is that the guy on the Raptors, there's someone on the Raptors who has the same amount of rebounds, and it's their center. DeJounte Murray had the same amount of rebounds as the Raptors' center. Whose entire job is to stand there, be tall, and get the ball. Because when you're tall, you should rebound. That's just what you do, of course. Obligatory reminder that this year's the uh, Jonathan Simmons $150 daily tryout comments is going to be DeJounte Murray's 7-foot wingspan. Yeah, people have already been making fun of that. Did you know he has a 7-foot wingspan? Did you know that Dwight Howard and some of the dude played in the same AAU? Did you know that the Golden State Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals in 2016? Yes. <laughs> okay, enough about the comments that everyone keeps repeating. Um, so yeah, the game itself, it was it was a good game, definitely worth watching. Um, if you haven't seen it already, if you got on DVR or other places. Yeah, definitely, I, I, I have to admit, I didn't pay as much attention as I should have for this particular game. Um, 
for posterity's sake, I'll, I'll file the myth that I was a little bit distracted by the uh, dumpster fire that was NeoGAF this past weekend. Right. I actually ended up having to rewatch the game because of that, but it was totally worth rewatching it. I paid attention both times I saw it. It was great. Now, I've been waiting a little bit to say this. I didn't want to say this right off the bat after the first two games because I wanted to give it some time. But mm-hmm. I, I can say this confidently now. This is the year that Kyle Anderson proves to all, us all that he was totally worth waiting on him. No, seriously, I have loved Kyle Anderson since I first saw him on Summer League in 2015. Yeah. And I, I've i loved him ever since then. I knew that he was something special and that he had this in him. And this season is the year that he's showing it all. He's got everything. He's doing it all. Blocks, rebounds, assists, saving the ball from out of bounds and ridiculous plays. That slow-mo shake and bake. You know, just everything is so perfect. I love this guy. He's clearly taking a step up. And now I understand why we didn't get any big free agents this past summer. Didn't need them. Exactly. Like, if we could have gotten Chris Paul or someone else, we would have gotten them. But it's like, everyone else that was out there, we didn't need them. Because I think Pop and the rest of the, the front office were confident in our young guys and their ability to grow. And they're showing that they were right to believe in them. No doubt. And again, that's the thing that, you know, it's a broken record by now. But the thing about the Spurs system is that it actually is very much designed as, first and foremost, a talent development system. Because at the end of the day, yes, you're going to get your key pieces. But once you have those in place, you really do have to build a team around those key pieces. And there hasn't been an organization that's been able to do that as consistently as San Antonio. Not in recent years at the very least. Definitely. Now, one thing I want to say before I forget about it, because this is something I'm going to forget if I don't bring it up now. Joffrey Laverne, he had an okay game, four of nine, nine points, uh, four re- seven rebounds, my bad, uh, one steal. He's going to be out for the next game because he uh, twisted his ankle in this game. Right. So uh, get better, Joffrey. Yeah. I mean, he's played great for us so far. I mean, not... You know, anything special. He's been a good role player, but that's always needed to be. A good role player that can be utilized well in the system. So I hope he gets better, and hopefully he'll come back soon. Right, and when you keep in mind that he's, you know, just one big of a increasingly small rotation in terms of height, not in terms of how many people we play. When you keep that in mind, he doesn't really need to play too much better. Especially because not only do we have Kyle Anderson, who has improved a ton, not only do we have DeJounte Murray, who is amazing. Not only do we have a reawakened LaMarcus Aldridge. We've got a Danny Green who can dribble. This is something we talked about in the past. We are going Multiple to keep times. talking about this until he proves us wrong. Because everyone knows that the worst part about Danny Green's game was always, always that the second he put the ball on the floor, you might as well just say there's a turnover. And yet, here we are. And that's the thing. The reason that we keep bringing it up is because this is a pattern. This is not like, oh, I guess Dane was having a good day. Oh, I guess he was having a good night again. No, this is the third game in a row that he's been able to prove it this season. That's also not counting the previous postseason where it was very clear that Danny had stepped it up. And what's crazy is that he's not sacrificing his three-pointers. Yeah, he's 
kind of bricked a ton. He made three of eight this game. But that's nothing new. I mean, it's Danny Green. Either he's ice cold or burning hot. It There's no in-between. Yeah, at least this way. Now, if he's not making it for three, he can just go in and get the layups. And the thing is, he's become a very versatile scorer for us. 17 points this game. If you go back and look at the other games, he had like 9 points and like 12 points. The guy is seriously, honestly trying to become the third man in the new big three almost. Well, with that type of offense offense that he's starting to build up, and combined with his all-defensive team defense that was on point, 5 blocks for his shooting guard. Five blocks. Shooting guards do not get that many blocks. Danny is amazing on defense. He only had one turnover, dude. Even better. And that's the lowest amount of turnovers on the team this game. This was a highly turnover game. Yeah, no doubt. And it was a little bit frustrating to watch because of that. Now, I will say some people will be kind of afraid about that. It's like, all those turnovers. But, you know, it's the third game. And whenever I see high turnover games like this, you know, it's going to happen over the course of the regular season. It happens every year. And what's more important than any of that is that I know, and you know, we all know, this is not the Spurs. They don't turn over the ball very often. And that this is one of those times where it just happens. I actually think it's good because we still won despite turning over the ball. Like two years ago, even last year, if we turned over the ball too much, the game not only was it rough, but we would almost always lose. And it was always against teams like Toronto. I mean, it's important to point out that Toronto is not a bad team. Toronto's actually a very good team, a very competitive team. And in the past, when we were just losing the ball that we the way that we did this past night, yeah, we would lose. We would lose consistently. We'd lose by a lot, too, by like 10 points. Right. It, it They weren't close games. They were vicious cycles last season. And yet here we are going up against a team, turning over the ball way more than we should, and yet we're able to get it in and get the win. That's a good sign because the other thing is that if you look at this time of the calendar year, historically... We have around about that many turnovers at the beginning of the season. We're still trying to get all the rotations on point. A lot of the times, it's important to look at when are we turning over the ball? What's causing us to turn over the ball? Because the thing about it is that in this case, I think it's very obvious that it is that the rotations just aren't locked down yet. It's just early season pains. Yeah, I would agree with that. Someone I feel bad for right now is Pau Gasol. Because he had a really bad game. He made all of one point, and it was off a free throw. Yeah, that was not fun to watch with seeing Pow out there on. I mean, he did get eight rebounds. He got three blocks, four turnovers, but he's also one of our main passers, too. So it's not like that we expect that very often. And the more you pass, the more turnovers you're going to get. That's just how it is. All point guards have a lot of turnovers because of that. Right. So, yeah, I feel bad for him, and it doesn't look too good for him right now, but like I said, early game, he'll get better. We always get better. I'm not too worried about how he's going to shake out, shape out. I do think we should put him back to the bench, though, because him coming off the bench was really what made him great yeah, last Yeah, I agree. I would agree on that one. So then who do you think should start instead of him? I don't know, to be honest. That's kind of hard. I think I almost feel like we should move LaMarcus to the five. 
Yeah. And then have Davis Bertans come in the four. I do think that that is a potential plan and that the reason that they haven't pulled any triggers on that yet is because we really can't do it without Kawhi. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I personally think that we should actually start either Kyle or Rudy Gay at the four. Um, I wouldn't mind starting Kyle once Kawhi comes back, but I think Rudy Gay needs to stay coming off the bench until um around February. Because, you know, we're still coming off the injury. We right. don't want to rush him too much too soon. That's the big thing, because when you're a starter, you get starter minutes. And the thing about it is that Rudy needs to be able to have that time, be able to get himself back into the consistent shape that he needs to be in in order to be productive. Well, CJ, can you tell me how many minutes Rudy is playing compared to Powell? Rudy Gay played 21 minutes and uh, 55 seconds. Pau Gasol played 21 minutes, 59 seconds. So, if Powell's playing pretty much the same amount of time as Rudy, why can't Rudy store it instead of Powell? It's a good point. Like, I'm not saying, look, look, I'm not saying we can't store Kyle. If if Pop wants to store Kyle, I'm 100% behind it. Both of them are worthy of starting at the, four, at the four, in my opinion. They both play great there. I'm just saying that, for argument's sake, why not store Rudy? He, as we've seen in the small ball lineups, we, well, both Rudy and Powell not Powell, and Kyle, feast in small ball lineups. So, really, either way, we can't go wrong with either of them. Right, I'd be open to all that. No, you know someone who had low-key a good game? Patty Mills. He shot three of six. Mm-hmm. And he made, uh, okay, no three-pointers, so I guess that's where that three went. But, you know, six points. He's been kind of uh, disappeared almost, not in terms of, like, his skills, but just, like, I don't notice him as much as I used to. I think it's because he has to adjust and has and is in a little bit of a slump right now. He'll probably pick it up once. Uh, yeah, once I mean, that's the other thing to remember is that again with the way that the off season has kind of shifted, it, it really does mess with your rhythm when you're trying to get back into where you need to be. Right, right, and I'm not like I said, I'm not worried about any of these things. I'm just bringing them up because it's you know stuff I saw. This is still game three. There's still plenty of season left to go, so I'm not going to say, oh, this is going to kill us, or oh, that. It's like, no, this is always how the early season goes. But, you know, this is something we have to keep an eye on, because if this becomes a pattern, then we should be worried. Moving on, though, um, Ginobili had a good game. He went 4 of 8, 1 of 2 from the 3-point. He had 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. It was not bad, and he looked really good in the points that he got. He was money. Yep. That's really all you need to say. For for better and for worse. Just Manu things. I mean, that was not a good Manu thing that we ended up seeing this past game, though. Which one? Uh, the one where he completely whiffed his pass and ended up taking it all the way back to the other side of the court. Yeah, that was a game three of the season pass. He won't do that. It won't come, like, game 50. Still, it's like, okay, Manu... I mean, it, it it's it's just the nature the nature of being a fan of the team is that you have to deal with the fact that Manu's going to have those lapses, not in judgment per se, but just have those moments where his his body just decides, you know what? Yeah, why not? And it's also the communication. You know, it's the earlier season, exactly. so they're not as communicating as they're used to. So he thought he had communicated it properly, and whoever was on the receiving end didn't get the message that happened a lot I think that also happened with DeJounte Murray against yeah. Danny Green and a, a fast break play as well so you know that's just the early season 
Okay. Um, is there anything else you guys want to mention about the game? Uh, Lamarcus played great as usual. He got 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 away from a double-double. He wasn't as efficient as he could have been, though. He went 7 of 16. That's uh, less. But he came back where it counts. In that fourth quarter when we were down by, like, Six or something. He unlocked the gates. No, that was something I was actually really impressed with was um, because going into the half, it was a pretty close game. Nothing really to to really mention other than, you know, it was competitive. But once you got to that fourth quarter, it's like everything immediately changed. It was you could taste it practically the moment because you're like, okay, you know, whatever. Then all of a sudden it goes from being a close game to just looking like, oh gosh, this this could become a blowout easily. Unfortunately, it wasn't a blowout, but it was still good. And, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the scuffle that Lamorgas had with Ibaka. Oh, that was great. My favorite part was uh, DeJounte pulling him out, and then when Pop's about to talk to him, DeJounte's all like, no, no, it's K-Pop, I got this. And Pop was just smiling the entire time. I mean, I love DeJounte Murray. The more we see of him, the more I just, I love him. He's going to be great for our team. And in like three years, he's going to become part of this, I don't want to say new, but like new, new. Almost like Neo Big Three, because I think right now you could say you've got a new Big Three of Kawhi, LaMarcus, and Danny. But because Danny and Lamarcus are old, you know they're they're in their thirties. Right. When Dejounte is like twenty four and Ka- Kawhi is like twenty eight, you know, then you can get the Neo Big Three. No doubt. And then I don't know who's gonna slot into that third slot yet, but you know we've got Danny and Lamarcus for right now at this moment in time, and I think that they're good enough, to, especially the way they've been playing. Like I said, Danny mm-hmm. Green, seventeen points. Lamarcus is giving us a double double every. D- did he get a double double this one, or is he one away? He was two away. Right, but the point is he's playing well, and Danny Green's playing very well, and they're excellent on defense. So for winning now, they're good to go, and we're already stacking up for when years from now when they're older and kind of falling off, but Kawhi's still going to be in his prime, and DeJounte will be entering his. I'm sure we'll find a new third guy to slot in there, no problem. Oh, easily. Yeah, and... Just in case anyone wants to know how the how um, Aldridge versus Ibaka went, Aldridge got a and one layup. Ibaka fouled out on that play, so Aldridge sweet, wins. Sweet, sweet justice. It was beautiful. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so uh, any other thoughts on the game? I think that's about it. Yeah, you know, it's one of those games where it's super close, and you know, you're you're into it, but the, at the same time, there's not quite enough going on that you can really, really go in depth and sink your teeth into it because at the end of the day, it plays out like just a regular run-of-the-mill game. Yeah, it's pretty much just the people who played well played well. There are things that we need to work on, we need to work on, but it's pretty much just, you know, the guys played well, we need to fix those turnovers, and DeJounte can rebound like no one's business. That's what all we can take away from the game. Right, I just want to end by saying this. Even though the box score won't necessarily tell you this, Kyle Anderson was a huge, impactful player in this game. Yeah, he does all the little things that just don't show up in the stats. So, when I talk up Kyle Anderson, you go look at the box score, and I'm like, I don't really get it. Watch the game. You'll understand when you see that. Okay, moving on. Um, 
So remember how we mentioned how the Grizzlies were facing the Rockets, and I mentioned how funny it would be if they lost. They lost. Grizzlies are three and zero, baby. So how many teams this season are three and zero? Currently, there are four teams that are three and zero at this moment in time. Do you know which team that everyone is saying has the best chance of winning? What their record is? Two and two. That's right. They are barely point five hundred. Obviously, that's not exactly fair because one of those is due to ejections. And the other is... No, no, no. That other one's their fault. Yeah, they earned that loss. The Rockets earned that one-point win. but No doubt. The, the Grizzlies won. I'm not saying the Grizzlies wouldn't have won. But, but... Having Steph Curry and Kevin Durant get ejected, that's a big factor in that win. Just a bit. But we're getting... We're, we're kind of losing the plot a little bit. So the, the four teams that are 3-0 right now are... The Washington Wizards in the East, the only East team undefeated, by the way. Um, the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Memphis Grizzlies, and your San Antonio Spurs. So, yeah, I mean, strength of schedule probably has a part in this, which makes the Grizzlies all the funnier because they have wins over exactly. the Rockets and the Warriors. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute because we, we've... We've seen enough of them over the years to know that they had the potential to be better than what they are at, in this moment. They always do, but their problem has always been they've got it good for the regular season, but come playoff time, they run out of gas real quickly. And someone always gets injured. It's sad, but it's true. The, yeah. Remember 2015? Not 2015, 2016? It was pretty much Dave Yeager and a bunch of D-League guys. It, I'm surprised they even got to the playoffs that year. That was sad. And then last year, uh, they their best defender was out from the entire series. Yeah, that's the thing. For whatever reason, that particular franchise is cursed and injury-prone. Hey, it's not as bad as the Clippers. That's also true. So, yeah, I, I do agree that people are underestimating the Grizzlies majorly. I mean, they do have Marcus Gasol and uh, Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Very, very underrated. So, it's it's not like they don't have great players. It's just that the supporting cast just isn't there. And then with the Clippers, I don't know. I don't really pay too much attention to the Clippers, especially since Chris Paul left. I've heard they've been doing better because Blake Griffin has always kind of been kind of meh with uh Chris Paul, like he's never been bad, but for some reason he's always played better without him. Yeah, just, sometimes it's just you have two styles, and even though you get along swimmingly, it just doesn't work out in the in the work field. I'm just waiting for uh Blake to get injured, cause he all he he gets injured every single year. Seriously, whether it's due to him being an idiot or due to just freak accidents, he gets injured every year. And I mentioned him being an idiot because. Remember that year he punched someone and broke his hand? I remember that. It was actually one of his friends who was a, I think, one of the equipment managers. Yeah, so yes. I'm just waiting for Blake to get injured because that will tell me whether or not the Clippers are actually really good this year. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So that's the standings right now. It's interesting to see that fact that the Warriors are 2-2. Two and two. I don't think anyone would have seen that. Their record matches the Timberwolves. Wow. Spooky. Um, 
And then the Thunder are one and two, although they still have to play a game, so that's not exactly fair. Um, oh, and also the Utah Jazz are two and two as well. Let's see. Is there anything else we need to talk about? You guys think of anything? Uh, not off the top of my head. It's been pretty slow this week so far, and there wasn't a ton, ton to talk about in terms of this past game. Feels like more of a transitionary um, game to talk about for this episode. Right. Um, Kawhi, Joffrey, and Tony will not be playing the next game, just so you know. And who will we be facing against in the next game? The Miami Heat. It will be at Miami. So we're going to go see um, Spolstra, Coach Spolstra, mm-hmm. and uh, Whiteside and all those guys. It'll be fun to beat them. Always a good time to see those guys and what they've got up their sleeve, considering um, Spolstra's ability to make the most out of literally nothing. Yeah, they look like a solid seventh seed right now, I think. Mm-hmm. I still think they should have gone into the playoffs last year instead of the Bulls. They they deserved it more, but I don't know if you can really say that because they didn't win the games required, so they they only they, they missed it by one. By one. Yeah, well so did we that time we had to face the Clippers in the first round. Doesn't mean a thing with the way the rolls are. Yeah, I know. It just bums me out. Cause I I really like Spolstrud and the way he coaches the teams. He he really does amazing. He's on his spot as unfireable. Because, you know, there's only three coaches who are truly unfireable in the league. You got Popovich, you got Rick Carlisle, and you've got Spolstra. And what he did, it was last year, right? Yeah. What mm-hmm. he did last season proves that he's unfireable because he was able to take a team that looks like it was going to completely be a disaster and he made something out of it in the second half. Didn't they have, like, a complete uh, .500 um, record last season? I believe they did. I believe they went 41-41, and 41, if I recall correctly, but that just wasn't enough to get over the playoff hump. The fact that when they saw it out so bad that they even that he even got them to 41-41 and 41 is just a testament to how good of a coach he is. And not, that's not to take anything away from the players because the players played amazing during that stretch. So props to them as well. It's just I don't think they would have been able to really get into that zone that they got into with without the coach. Right. So I guess that's about it. It's a smaller episode than normal, I guess, just because I can't, you know, there's not much else to talk about. We talked about the game. We talked about stuff outside the NBA. It was pretty quiet. Yeah. I know there was some controversy about the fact that they didn't um, suspend Steph Curry when they threw his mouth guard. Yeah, let's talk about that for a bit before we before we get out of here. Because the the main argument was that hey, if that was Draymond Green or uh, Demarcus Cousins, you know he would have gotten suspended. Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing: with those guys, they have history, and it's not to say that you know, as a as a referee staff, they should be playing favorites for Steph. They shouldn't. But at the same time. Let's say LeBron James did it, or Kawhi. Let's let's throw it out there. What if Kawhi did it? Full of stuff that's impossible. We know he wouldn't, but you know, what if he did? He doesn't have a history of pulling those kind of shenanigans. Neither does does Steph. Steph, you know, we it, it's it's pretty well known that Steph Curry's pretty good about not doing that kind of junk. I think they're doing a three strikes you're out thing with Steph because he did it the first time in that final series, 
And you know, it's the finals. You want that right. drama that that sells. So of course they didn't do anything there, and it was the first time. Then this is the second time, and I think because he hasn't really had a history except for that finals one, they said okay, fine. Right. But I think if he does it a third time, oh no doubt, if he's going to get suspended once you're a repeat by a, a game, you know exactly. Once you're a repeat offender, it happens. You're you're going to be stuck with that reputation, and they can and will do that. Now that's not to say that every single time they do these things that they're right. I mean, gosh, freaking Tim Duncan got himself kicked out for laughing. Joey Crawford. That was actually another thing. What do you think would happen if he was throwing it at Joey Crawford? Everyone just started laughing. Oh, he would have been that. suspended for a week minimum. No, no, he just would have been ejected like instantly. Before. He was ejected after he threw it, though. That's what yeah, got him no, ejected. That's what I'm okay, saying. He would have yeah, been okay, kicked yeah, out then, and then. Yeah, probably then suspended. Yeah, you're right. But keep in mind, when we're talking about suspensions, we're talking about a one game suspension, which is really the. Uh, the league's de facto, you did something wrong, but we don't really need to punish you too badly. I think the big thing, though, and the reason why Steph isn't going to get suspended for something like this is because, one, yes, throwing a mouth guard is bad, but it's just a mouth guard. It's not going to hurt anyone. Right. It's bad because it's showing that you aren't in control of your, temp- of your temper. But at the same time, it's mouth guard, and it's Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. He may not be the next Michael Jordan or even the next LeBron James, but you cannot deny that you have not seen more Stephen Curry jerseys and t-shirts than any other NBA player for the past three years. But what I'm what I'm saying is that Steph Curry is one of the most popular basketball players of this generation right now. He is too many kids. They are Kobe Bryant. They are Tim Duncan. I'm not going to say they're Michael Jordan because to them that's LeBron. But he is their next big superstar that is playing hot in their prime. So the fact that he... That just that fact just is shows why they won't suspend him for throwing a mouthpiece. Because he is so popular. He brings in ratings. He brings in money. He brings in live ticket sales, and that's the big thing. Exactly. So they're not going to suspend him unless he does something, quite frankly, unless he does something that is too physical and too dangerous, or and or too dangerous. Meaning the crowd would have to be something on the level of malice at the palace for Steph Curry to get suspended, in my opinion. Right. I totally agree with you on that. So is there anything else? Or do you think we should uh, wrap it up? Considering how slow of a... Uh, Newsweek it's been for this episode. I think we should probably wrap it up so that yeah. we don't, you know, ramble on. I mean, it's not like there wasn't anything that really didn't happen in the game. It's just that we've already talked about the players who played well to death. So right, far. right. It, it's, a, it's just a lot of more of the same, which is always a good sign. Definitely, especially at the beginning of the season. I guess the only thing left to say is that get Wilson Kawhi. We can't wait to have you back. It's gonna be amazing. No doubt. And actually, someone made a uh, post saying that maybe Kawhi being out is a conspiracy because they want to get the rest of the team to be even better by giving them more minutes that would go to Kawhi so that when he's back, they're like supercharged, kind of like training weights or something. Mm. DBZ style. That's a great theory, but it's not true. We like to joke about Pop and his 40 Mojang chess, but it's not true. Pop is great. 
He knows what he's doing, but he would never, ever hold out a player just to help he, uh, to give others his minutes. As far as you know. <laughs> the only time he did that was Richard Jefferson, and that's because they were going to trade him to let Kawhi take over. Point mid. So yeah, that's the uh, episode for today. It's a little, I don't know if it's too much shorter, but you know, not as much content as we would have liked, but that's sometimes just how the dice roll. Anything in last words you guys want to say? Go Spurs go. Go Spurs go. See you guys next time.